Hello and welcome to Case Reopened, the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast, mostly because nobody else would do such a dumb idea, but we're dumb, Colleen. Hi. Yeah, definitely. I think that's our claim here. Hi, everyone. We're dumb, and we're proud, and we're And we watch Detective Conan then talk about it. We sure do. Um, So on today's episode, we are covering episode 211 of the anime. You know what I've been doing? Did we have this conversation already about anime? That pronunciation? (laughs) Uh, Yes, but we can have it again. I've been kind of saying it like that, and it's kind of fun. Oh, yeah? Have you said it to other people, and they look at you funny, or are you just saying it to yourself? (laughs) I said it the other day in an an interview, and then they said anime right after, so I I had to change back, and I felt disgusting. But, um... Yeah. You felt pretentious. You're like, so what's yeah. your favorite anime? Yeah, I was like, oh, had a great anime flair to it. And she's like, yeah, I like anime. And I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. I see how it is. You're not as cultured as I am. It's okay. That's right. Once you, um, when, maybe it'll once catch you turn on. 30, you'll start saying anime and <laughs> be a cool person. Okay. Well, okay, so... Is it manga or manga? I think it's manga. Yeah, I think so too. But I still hear manga sometimes. Or what if it's manga? Ma- manga. Manga. Oh god. Anime. Anime. You know we can we can go in some weird Anime. ways. Anime. <laughs> oh, it could I don't be like any all... of those. Yeah. I yeah, is... I'm so used to anime. That's what I say. But I could probably convert to anime if i'm it's so fun you get to feel so fancy and pretentious <laughs> it's fun being pretentious people are like why would you be pretentious you're a gatekeeper because it's fun dummy <laughs> can look down on everybody saying anime I'm like, no they don't know it's anime <laughs> you know and i feel great so i suppose this could also go back to like people who call this show case closed you're like well actually it's detective conan well case closed is correct as long as you're referring to the english dub okay before talking about the japanese show it's detective conan okay that's why we are a detective conan rewatch podcast not a case closed rewatch podcast although we do have that on our patreon yes we're watching the dub the case closed if you will just saying so now that that's crystal clear in all of our minds. Yeah, so if you want to listen to some more anime podcasts from two <laughs> pretentious snobs, uh, we are, we have a Patreon, Patreon slash Case Reopen. I don't think there's any, any uh, dashes. I think it's just that. I believe so. Let me check. Yeah, so it's just slash Case Reopen. The more you know. Anyhow... We're covering uh, episode 211 of Detective Conan, The Water Palace of Five Colors Legends, Part 2. That's a mouthful. So this originally aired October 30th, 2000. Is that Halloween? I think that's Halloween. How spooky. Oh, well, there was a murder. Or, as Kogro would like to call it, a suicide. Uh, no. Halloween's the 31st. It's almost out. It's like Halloween's Eve. Yeah, the All Hallows Eve Eve. Yeah. 
almost Halloween. Jeez. Anyhow. The Conan's hint was Water Will. Pretty good hint. Uh, yeah, that's actually one of the more helpful ones. So Conan introduces the case, and he says, A pawn that changes color with time. Dyed red. The case is solved. Uh, so this this works on a few le- a few levels because we get the the blood you know seeking into seeping into the water, dying it red, like on a metaphorical standpoint, and then it's just red because of the the time of the day. So there's a lot of blood red water. So really, it's just one color we're dealing with, not five. Yeah, it's more just like the red water palace of death. Is what I would call this episode. Okay, that's what we're going with. So, uh, last time out, the old headmaster hung himself, and uh, Yokomizo gets called there. He gets statements from everybody, and they determine that the time of death um, was at 4 o'clock, which was exactly when the pond was turning red. As for everybody's location, Morio, who was one of the two... Uh, pupils of the headmaster was in the bath for 30 minutes that makes just conveniently sense. you know taking a long bath scrubbing real good making sure he gets into all those crevices you know yep it's not like they had guests over or anything well you gotta take a bath Come obviously on, that that is definitely what one should do when a private detective comes over uh, meanwhile, Yukari was running an errand and refuses to say where she went, which is probably not the greatest thing to do when you're under investigation with a possible murder, but I don't know. They didn't seem too bothered. They never said, hey, how about you actually tell us? They are just, okay. <laughs> but hey, we needed a character to look super suspicious. The housekeeper was preparing a meal in Ryuichi, the son of the headmaster was in and out of the guest room, mysterious. So nobody really has a good alibi. No, 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 no. Because Conan's like, he says everybody had perfect alibis, which <laughs> made me laugh because I was like, man, like right before he says that, I was like, man, nobody has an alibi. And Conan's like, they all have perfect alibis. And I'm like, I don't know about that one, Conan. No, okay, that makes no sense because... In other episodes, we've had the exact same situation. Like, all these people were doing things, but nobody could uh, guarantee that or, like, stand as a witness to that. And Conan's always yeah. like, oh, well, no one can prove that you were there. But here, he's like, well, well guess it was an outside guy. I mean, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Who else could have done it? So, Yokomizo asks about the headmaster burning Ryoichi's fishing rods. The headmaster's son reveals that he was told to participate in tonight's tea ceremony, as he was going to surprisingly be made the next headmaster. This shocks the pupils. They're like, hey, this guy knows nothing about tea ceremonies. (laughs) He knows less than Tyler and Colleen going on the Wikipedia page for 30 minutes. Yeah, and that's not a lot. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I fully agree. I know none of it. I don't even go on the Wikipedia page. There's not even a Wikipedia really yet. It's 2000. When did when, I don't know when Wikipedia was made. But I don't think it was that popular in 2000. 
I'm not gonna. I'm not about to start fact checking things. On you're this gonna. Podcast. Oh my gosh! You're gonna Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Is does Wikipedia wow, have its own page? Thought, of course. Why would it? <laughs> I've never thought Wikipedia, of doing that Wikipedia. either. Yeah, history of Wikipedia. <gasps> Wikipedia began with its first edit on January fifteenth, two thousand one. Okay. So let it be known, there wasn't even a Wikipedia page for him to look up at for. Uh, tea ceremonies back then. He had to actually talk to the headmaster if he wanted to figure that out. So let's see when the tea ceremony Wikipedia page was made. <laughs> Let me see the history here. Because um, this is what we need to know. It was made in February 2003. So it went it went two years before anybody messed with uh, making a tea ceremony page. It's originally named Japanese Tea Ceremony, then it just became uh, Tea Ceremony. So there you go. Well, the more you know about the Tea Ceremony Wikipedia page. You know, the page has been updated since we recorded the last episode, so we could have just been spouting off lies about Tea Ceremonies that entire time. Yeah, one of our listeners picked up on it and they went to the Wikipedia page and (laughs) changed it. Maybe, who knows? So, I forget what. Oh, so yeah, Ryoichi's like, hey, I don't know shit about tea ceremonies. I was gonna, um, I didn't accept it. And my dad was actually mad at me because I said I didn't want to be it. And thus, that's why his fishing rods were burnt. It was retaliation for being being an insub, uh, insubordinate son, you know? For hating tea. Yeah. Um, while Yokomizo is suspicious because of this, Kegaro says that Ryoichi, much like the others, were all in the room with them when the headmaster died and they saw the body was hung. So they're like, oh, perfect alibi. <laughs> Obviously. Conan then wonders what Yukari brought inside as she did have a box and believes she didn't have time to properly hide it. Kind of then finds it just in a room, a side room. And he... he doesn't even look for it. He just no, it's the first knows place where he it looks. Is. And uh, he looks inside the wooden box that she was carrying. And uh, he knows what's in there, but we don't. Once again, yeah, they're always one of like, your we've gotta, things. <laughs> we got to obscure this information. It's not like this is a mystery show, you know? It's not like we're trying to solve the mystery along with the main character. Uh, <laughs> uh, my autocorrect turned Kogoro into kangaroo, which is very funny. So, uh, Kogoro, who was not hopping around, and what if he had a little pouch that he carried Kogoro in? Or carried Conan, Conan in? in? Wouldn't Aww, that be so cute? It would be. Hopping around, just kicking people. But he, this is Kogoro, he'd more likely be carrying around... Like a bottle of some sort of alcoholic beverage. Well, he has a pouch for Conan, so he's always within punching range. You know, he can just reach down. Oh my gosh! And kangaroos do punch, right? Like they, they sure do. Uh, it's some boxing kangaroos. Yep. There's a boxing kangaroo in the video game Tekken. His name's Jack. I think. Jack the boxing kangaroo. I hope not. Oh, Roger, sorry. His name is Roger. I think I just got Kangaroo Jack confused. 
Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, that's like that movie. Yeah, it's Roger. And then his son is also a playable character in the future. Roger Jr. Yeah, no way. I was about to say, oh, it's probably Roger Jr. You can't get more yeah, creative it... than a Roger. Because he's searching for his father. And he's like, oh, my father's been put in this secret laboratory. They're doing, you know, experiments on him. I gotta save him. So he does all this work to find his father. And his father's just, like, living a lazy life in this laboratory, like, relaxing. He's not trapped at all. Oh. He's like, what the hell, Dad? <laughs> I and thought just that this was such a, like, dark, heavy backstory. But now that you said that he's actually sort of just lazing around, then... No, it's, it's always it. comedy. Okay. Oh, and uh, at the end of Tekken 7... Uh, sorry, at the end of Tekken 6... Roger's wife comes in, confronting Roger with a picture of him surrounded by other female kangaroos. <laughs> what is the point of this game? So, I mean, it seems like he's a lot. It's just a fighting game. But oh. uh, it seems like Roger has a lot of similarities to Kogoro. You know, they're both, like, being caught with other women. Kind of deadbeat. I don't dads. think they like it. <laughs> it just happens. So there you go. All right. Uh, where was I? Oh, yeah. Koguro. Um, he asks the housekeeper for water, and she begins preparing tea. Kind of then decides to, like, just ask a bunch of, like, personal questions, which, I don't know. I guess when you're a little kid, you can be, like, super probing. He's like, so, uh, why won't Ryoichi uh, become the headmaster? And Ryoichi walks in, and he's like, I don't want to become like my father. He's arrogant. My mother had to go through many hardships. My father was only interested in money. I didn't like that side of him. So he's all brooding. He's like Robert Pattinson in the Batman. <laughs> but if he didn't want to be like his father, then just don't be like that. Like, I, I think that he just has a dislike for the tea ceremony thing. Or maybe not even a dislike, but he just prefers fishing. It's okay. And then Cannon goes, So if you're so miserable, why are you here, dude? Why didn't you leave? <laughs> and Ryuichi reveals that he did leave, but the housekeeper asked him back since she couldn't take care of his father all by herself. Ryuichi said he had a deal with his father. He would do the accounting for the business, but he wouldn't have to succeed him as a result. Kind of then ask how much money the house has. It's like, dude, they're not going to give you full finances. He can get away with it. And then Yokomizo has apparently been just listening outside the door. He's like, hmm, money? Seems like you have a motive, huh? <laughs> Yokomizo then questions everybody again. And the housekeeper reveals that they have security sensors all throughout the, uh, the yard. Which means there's very little chance of an outside culprit. Hikari then argues with Morio, saying that he was giving expensive ceramics to the master, and he goes, well, you invested so much in the tea ceremonies that your actual company is failing. Who knew there was, like, so much money in these tea ceremonies? Not me. I still don't get where the money comes from. Well, yeah, me neither. Just like, rich people so... want to have nice tea, I guess? From what we've seen, like, people just sort of show up at these places and they 
hold a tea ceremony so i'm assuming they pay for that but where else is this revenue coming from it doesn't seem so in demand that like you're gonna be like we're in the, we're in the big riches now making that mad tea ceremony money i don't know maybe it's big business um yeah it's just not a cultural thing that like i can understand here um you know <laughs> there's not many tea ceremonies in the uh north america i don't think a tea ceremony here is pretty much you open the box and you put the tea bag in your mug and pour hot water on it yeah a tea ceremony here is waffle house <laughs> so as yukari drinks her tea uh, she notices that there's a crack in inside there's a crack inside it the maid apologizes and yukari says you were probably too worried about the appearance and didn't even bother to look on the other side. And Conan's like, other side? Whoa! <laughs> it's so he, funny, too. It's just like he, this big moment of realization, this epiphany. Like, come on, Conan, that's what helps you? <laughs> I didn't realize I should be looking at, like, other sides of things. Whoa! Dude. Perspective matters? <laughs> It's like, Conan, you've solved over 200 cases in this show alone. Like, this shouldn't be like, maybe I should examine things from different <laughs> perspectives. Imagine that concept. Yukari then accuses the maid of having a motive, saying that she killed the master due to him making his wife suffer, and he says that they were close friends. Ryoichi argues against it. But Yukari says maybe they teamed up and they forced the master to commit suicide by scaring him with the legend. Uh, the maid runs off crying due to the accusation. And we find her praying at a shrine for Ryoichi's mother. She says, I don't bear a grudge. And uh, Ryoichi tells her not to worry about it. And the maid says the wife was quite kind. And it's revealed in a photograph that she even went fishing with Ryoichi. Ken looks at a photo of them, and he sees a boat tied to, like, a tree, and he's like, This knot! I've seen this before! And he has another perspective moment. <laughs> Everything's just falling into place for Conan. Conan then goes outside, he finds some, uh, like, muddy footprints. He then heads to the water wheel, and he finds rope on the other side, all wrapped around it. Conan says, so the, the culprit would have to be that person who is acting awkwardly when the body was found. Conan then spots something that he calls frozen evidence. I don't know if it was frozen. Conan, it was just, if the evidence sticks around, it's just kind of evidence, right? <laughs> like, I don't know <laughs> what made this so special. I mean, if the evidence disappears, then it's no longer evidence. Yokomizo is ready to call the case of suicide. I love how we go through this, like, every other episode where the police is like, you know what? I'm ready to call it. All the all the witnesses can get out of here. <laughs> We're and pretty much done here. Moment. Yeah, that has to be the moment where, like, oh, no, I gotta get covered around and make sure they don't leave. It's, like, the most hackneyed <laughs> drama. Because they, ne ne they never actually leave. There's been a thousand episodes of Conan. The culprit never actually makes it out. It's always like this drama of like, oh, we got a rush, but like it never matters. Yeah. The culprit doesn't get away. 
one of these so, days I want to see the culprit get away and then like they get him two days later yeah so Kenan finds Kogoro and knocks him out Kenan tells Yokomizu that Kogoro said are you letting the culprit leave right in front of you and then everybody's gathered back into the room with the sleeping Kogoro there ready to solve the case Kogoro says that the headmaster was murdered and Yokomizu asks him to explain as everybody was in the room uh, when the body was discovered, he's like, how can this possibly be true? Everybody has perfect alibis. <laughs> Kagura says that the culprit was in this very room while the headmaster was hung from the beam in the tea room using a rope. <gasps> this is treated as like some huge revelation. <laughs> but like, how else is somebody hung? <laughs> like, we saw a rope on him. Yeah, so this in this like... case, like the rope is, yeah, I don't know why it's a surprise. Earlier, it turns out the, that the culprit stabbed the headmaster at the veranda of the tea room and then strangled him from behind. Rope was then hidden somewhere in the room on the beam, and a knot was made so that it, it would tighten in one pull. So here's what I don't get. Sorry to interrupt you, but this this part I didn't understand, and I didn't bother going back to the first part to see if they talked about this, but they're now acknowledging that the guy was stabbed. So how were they explaining the suicide? Like, they were saying the guy stabbed himself and then hung himself? I guess. I mean, well, I think they had said that he tried to stab himself to death. Then he, he didn't die. So then he, uh, and then he, uh, the, yeah, hung himself. Okay. Because I, I think they were like, oh, he was recreating the the story from the legend because in the story he gets bit from the like serpent or whatever outside and then he goes inside and hangs himself okay so i i guess they you know he was he, he had a theatrical flair to him he was a headmaster he was like i'm gonna stab myself here make sure we get some blood out on the veranda we have to dye this and, uh, pond red uh, then i'm gonna make sure to lock the door so everybody knows it was locked and um you know, we gotta do that. I'm not gonna be sloppy after just stabbing myself in the gut. I know I'm bleeding out here, but uh, I'm gonna walk up here and uh, put this noose around my neck and look! That was a great recreation there. Well, that's what could have happened, but it didn't. But it, yeah. Here's what actually happened. One end of the rope was around the headmaster's neck, while the other was out the window and tied to the water wheel. A time trick was then created, as the culprit made a spring with thumbtacks and rubber bands that would be used to lock the entrance door. By pulling up on it and using the hook to hang the scroll as a stopper, the door was being upheld. And a policeman then like, oh yeah, there's a pinhole on the inner side of the door. There you go. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't mention it before, because I, you know, who are I, you? Who is this guy? And so, as his body was dragged inside, um, the body hit the scroll, and then the door was closed. And uh, the culprit obviously retreated back and was able to watch this all unfold. And as the water well began turning, once apparently like the water well only came on when the when the water gets red, I guess it always happens at four or whatever. And so it starts hanging the body. And then the culprit also had made a cut in the rope. 
so that once it was pulled enough, it would snap, and then the rope would then be pulled into the water wheel, and we saw it wrapped around it. So that's where the extra rope went. Pretty nifty trick. And, uh, yeah. Everybody's like, whoa. <laughs> whoa. And uh, the second part to his trick was that while everybody was shocked by finding the body, the culprit pretended to put the door aside and was actually taking off the rubber bands and thumbtacks, explaining the uh, the locked room. The ropes were also difficult to spot due to the water's reflection at the time. And he says the killer used the bridge to go over to the other side. And then Yukari is like, how's that possible? And he's like, uh, a wise woman once said you're not <laughs> looking at the other side. <laughs> so yeah, I said that. What, what's it to you, huh? And he says that the culprit went underneath the bridge and swam, uh, swam below it. Uh, before killing the headmaster. So. Swimming, who would have thought? <laughs> that dastardly activity, sport, thing. Yokomiza then demands Yokari reveal what errand she ran, and she's like, I just got an item. And Kagura says it was an expensive teacup, and she's like, how'd you know? I was snooping around earlier, and I looked inside the box? Uh, sorry. <laughs> I zeroed in on where you kept the box and just opened it. <laughs> uh, so it turns out that she was afraid Morio was going to become the headmaster, so she hurriedly bought a teacup that was better than what he had gifted earlier in the day. And she goes, well, most of the money here goes to me if I become the headmaster. I got a little greedy. <laughs> Bribery. That's the way. Imagine, like the headmaster being that bad at like succession plans that like day of whoever gets me the most expensive teacup <laughs> is uh is gonna you know get it and then he still is like ruichi <laughs> he's like i hate you dad kegra says that's the truth and if she had snuck back in after leaving the alarms would have went off Kyogre then points out that the headmaster's neck was hung in a special way. It was a cleat hitch knot that fishermen use. And Yokomiza just stares at Ryoichi. He's like, <laughs> and like, no, 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 no. Wasn't him. Wasn't him. Oh, yeah. I like that part. <laughs> I didn't do it. And then Kyogre's like, yeah, we know. <laughs> like, just refuting him. Refuting that he had done it right away. So I, I, uh, I thought the timing was funny. Kagura mentions that the culprit was wet after swimming, and that they took a bath after the crime. Thus, the killer was the person just relaxing in the bath for 30 minutes. To Morio, who would have thought? I wasn't shocked. Yeah, it's a bit obvious <laughs> after the, uh... I gotta go take a bath for 30 minutes. Nobody check on me, okay? Yeah. <laughs> so when Cohen was like, oh, it's that person that was behaving awkwardly. Is that what he was referring to? You know, well, the person who said that he's going to take a bath while the guests just hang out the here. Person, the person that blatantly took a bath to, you know, wipe all that nasty blood off themselves. Yeah. Is the culprit. Yeah, not the most shocking of uh, detective counting cases. No, it wasn't. Like, did you uh, know from the first part or like were you suspecting someone else at first 
Well, there were there there they kind of threw me off a little bit with uh just the sun. I was rooting for it not to be the sun, and then there's always the moment like, oh, it's a detective Conan. Is it going to be the woman? So I I wasn't like, <laughs> you're like, oh, it's I you wasn't a hundred percent sold on Mario, but uh, he did seem like the most likely. Just like, why are you taking a bath now? I don't know. Maybe it's normal to take baths. Doesn't seem normal to me to do that during a ceremony but you know different I might cultures. have been my I might have been more inclined to believe his story if he was like oh well I was just out doing something outside I'm all sweaty I I need to take a quick shower type of thing Kagura then says when we all gathered in this room you were harshly blaming Yokari to the point where we had to stop you this was because you didn't want anybody to see the moment the body was lifted after that, all you had to do was wait for somebody to notice the body. Morio demands proof, and Kegger says there is proof on the bridge. And that's when an investigator comes in. He's like, hey, we found that stuff under the bridge. And he has a bunch of <laughs> photographs there. There's a bunch of handprints on moss that was underneath the pond. The frozen evidence, if you will. Right. These investigators yeah. are always uh, so timely, too. It's like they're waiting outside the hall for their cue. Yeah. And like, exactly. here we go. Here's the evidence. And he mentions that they'll be able to get fingerprints from it, which is like more. He's like, nope, oh, I got me. He says, that man was the worst. Together, we made fake expensive ceramics and sold them. We've been doing it for over 10 years. But he started believing that his wife's death and the demon were related. He changed. <laughs> <laughs> I liked him a lot when we were just committing fraud. He was a real <laughs> nice guy. But he changed, and he was planning to make Ryoichi the headmaster. And thus, to stop him from making the announcement, he wound up killing him. There's still no, like... I don't know. You feel like there's still, like, a succession plan to where it would stay within the family, so I don't understand how, like... He was like, this will, this will make sure... I, I entered into this fraudulent relationship with the headmaster and one day hoping of becoming his successor. But then he jilted me for his son. Yeah. Um, I don't know about you. Like, I felt like the motive wasn't particularly focused. Like, okay, was it because of the fraud stuff or was it because you weren't going to get the headmaster role? In which case, why didn't you kill Ryuichi instead? I don't know. Yeah, it's not the strongest uh, motive. This isn't the strongest uh, two-parter either. Um, so after the ending song, Morio is taken away in a police car. Yokomizo offers to drop Kogoro and the rest of them off at a station or a hot springs resort since since it's late. And uh, Yokomizo says, even though the crown was based on the legend, I almost thought there was a demon. Kogoro laughs it off and says it was probably just a big snake back then. If it pops out, we'll just catch it and we'll make snakeskin. <laughs> and uh just so has it, there's a snake on the cop car. Kagura looks around, he sees the snake, the snake lunges at Kagura. It's a small little snake. And he starts running off, he says, There's a boa! Oh no. <laughs> and that's our like one comedic moment of the episode. Yep. Before we in this episode, I do want to note that the Detective Conan wiki 
mentions that the story of the serpent demon is an allusion to Kiyohime, which is a Japanese folklore character. It's pretty uh, similar to what we get in the um, story itself, where uh, it's a little bit different, uh, though. So the, the, the core of a woman transforming into like a sea serpent demon is the same. But this time, she fell in love with a Buddhist monk. And he was like, oh, I'm good, I'm a monk. <laughs> so she, she then uh, turned into a serpent, and she killed him uh, in a bell where he had hidden in a temple. Okay, so they weren't even married. The monk's just like, no. no, thank you, I'm good. Yeah, at least the serpent like had a reason last time, but uh, she was just kind of a dick here. Go figure. Rejection can make you do crazy things oh here we go cultural references in the oh, sorry in the anime series dragon <laughs> ball z a filler character named princess snake may be based on kiyohime she falls in love with goku while the latter is traveling on the snake way after goku rejects her she transforms into a giant fire breathing snake and tries to eat him okay yeah i remember those episodes i remember uh, episode. watching dragon ball z as a kid and like, I didn't watch the episodes in sequence, so I never knew what was going on. And, like, I did, never knew that Goku was the main character, because it's just, like, some random guy running on Snake Way. I'm like, what does this guy have anything to do with the rest of the plot that's going on with this Vegeta character and this Piccolo guy and Gohan? Yeah, he is just kind of dead and hanging out for a lot of that <laughs> early part of the season. Especially... With like all the filler there was, so there was a lot of <laughs> a lot of him just running on this snake for like a year. There's like an episode where he like I think he falls off at one point and he gets trapped and has to like eat food or something, and then he meets these two ogres. Like there's a lot of like stuff that I guess is more reminiscent of maybe the adventure type side of Dragon Ball. But then it's just like, and then we're back to the action, and then there's Vegeta and and Appa like trying to destroy the world. Yeah, um, so before we give our final thoughts on this episode and preview, uh, the next counting episode, Mushrooms, Bear, and the Detective Boys, um, let's give thanks to our top tier Patreon supporters, I want to give a thanks to Medium Sized Jeffrey, not too big, not too small, Ryan Self, Spencer Young, William Lee, and uh, the Big Chief Mason, thank you all for your support, making this podcast possible. Thank you, guys. And so, yeah, Colleen, what do you think of episode 211, The Water Palace of Five Colors Legend, part um, two? So I think that the second part was weaker than the first part. I thought the first part was pretty good in terms of setting up the story, and we had some good comedy in there. Kogro always brings the laughs. Um, the legend part was a little iffy for me anyways. Like, I'm, I'm a big fan of folklore and all that, but for the, for whatever reason, this one just seemed a little off. And, um, yeah, I don't think that it progressed very well in the second part. Like, I felt that the best part was maybe the trick. Like, I thought that was pretty neat. Uh, it's always interesting to see how they pull off, like, anything to do with ropes and things moving and like Ill people being murdered when actually 
it's like a mechanism doing it not like just a person um killing them although in this one he was stabbed too but that's besides the point so um and I, I was a little let down by the lack of comedy in this one it's understandable because this is this was more heavily focused on the actual solving of the murder but i don't know it just uh, <laughs> felt a little flat in that <laughs> it is a funny complaint you're like you watch this old man this elderly old man get stabbed and then hung and you're like not too much comedy here <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, you do expect it from Conan. I mean, you're not wrong. It's just funny. If it was, if it was any show other than Conan, it'd be such an absurd thing to point out. No, you you have such a good point. But even like, let's say during the um, deduction show, you have like Kogro falling over. Like even that is enough for me. But in this one, it's just sort of like straight up. No, we're just gonna do it. We have to solve this case. Um, so yeah, I. I, um, that was my complaint, even though it is a funny one, you're right. Uh, so yeah, it's not necessarily the strongest two-parter, but I- I'm still gonna watch it, because, um, well, I-, I had to watch it for the podcast, but, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, like, I'll rewatch it one of these days. It's not, like, something that I'm gonna skip, necessarily. Colleen says, worth watching if you're on a Detective Conan <laughs> rewatch podcast. Write the recommendation. That's right. Expect that to be written on somewhere. On a well, that's the official grading scale. <laughs> worth watching if you're doing a podcast where you're forced to watch every episode, even the worst filler. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I thought it was a decent end. I, I'm kind of with you that the mystery was kind of stronger in the first episode, and the actual figuring it out was less satisfying. Partially, uh, you know, because we get stuff like Conan finding the teacup and then we just don't see it. And there's a couple times when Conan's just off doing stuff. I also thought they didn't really have a good investigation. Uh, like, just him, oh, I should look somewhere. <laughs> like, that wasn't as satisfying as, like, a normal investigation. Like, a just didn't really hit all the all the way there and i thought like oh yeah it was the guy that weirdly took a bath did it It was kind of unsatisfying compared to like and the big secret being he swam out to the the little aisle there like okay that's not that exciting either Mm -hmm. um so i thought it was just kind of missing like an element to the actual death to make it more interesting and the motive, like you like you mentioned about the motive kind of being sloppily thrown in, and then they just had this fraud aspect out of, out of nowhere, and it's like, okay, just didn't quite hit as you would hope. Um, but I did like the parts about the, uh, the folklore, always like that type of stuff. So this wasn't without merit, and I'm glad we got to learn a bit about Japanese ter- tea, uh, Japanese tea ceremonies, that's certainly not something... I was expecting to know about. So Detective Conan always brings some like interesting cultural uh, touchstones, which I'm always glad to learn through here. You never know what you'll learn if it's like the kids going on their first errand run, or you know, it's like all this weird Japanese stuff. Or not weird, yeah, but like weird that. to a uh, North American perspective, like odd. Um, it's really cool seeing that stuff always portrayed and 
you know, as, as the series goes and goes and goes, we get to go to like a lot of like landmarks of Japan where somebody's going to get murdered. It's great for travel. Really get, gets or the, the tourism industry. Yeah. It's like, here's this beautiful locale that people love in Japan and here's somebody that died. Um, but yeah, I always enjoy getting like learning about customs and stuff through this show, which I think sort of sets it apart from a lot of uh, uh, other anime, if you will. <laughs> I still want to say anime. This is a bit hard to keep going. But, um, yeah, like, watching, like, I don't know, Inuyasha or Naruto, even though there's or One Piece, you're not really getting that type of thing. You know, they're not, they're fantasy stuff. It's not a modern day thing. I mean, there always has to be something before the murder. So that gives Conan and Kogoro and Ron all, you know, a good reason to be doing all this odd, like, stuff, like a tea ceremony. So, like, uh, yeah, it's a, it's always fun having that aspect. So I still enjoyed the episode, even if this wasn't a top tier one by any means. Even but, when you had to, you have had to watch it for the podcast, you enjoyed it. Yeah, but I have a lot of hope for the next episode. Which I don't really remember, but it has the name Mushrooms, Bears, and the Detective Boys, and that sounds fantastic. The Conan's hint was Hunter, and I believe it's a two-parter, so we'll we'll dive into that next time. Good stuff. Probably the first part, so, so uh, look forward to one, that. This one, though, was it a manga case or an anime original? Uh, You mean The Water Palace? Yeah. This was an anime original. Okay. That's why, like, it was just sloppy and uh, <laughs> not Conan a, was like, the excuse, perfect but... alibi. <laughs> perfect alibi and, oh, looky here, I'm not investigating, I just happened yeah. to walk in and, oh, there's a there were a lot of elements knot. that. There were a lot of elements here that just screamed anime original. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to make sure. So, yeah, that'll do it. Colleen, you can say your lovely catchphrase and send the people going. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. And remember, one truth always prevails.